Wilson, I'm Ian Fitzsimmons. You're on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and we are presented in part by Progressive Insurance. And joining us right now is one of our favorites. He's, he's a great American, a good citizen. Uh, he is Ryan McGee. Co-host of Marty and McGee, right here on ESPN Radio, covers NASCAR, cover, covers college football, and Christmas is right around the corner. And Rhino, we greatly appreciate your time, as always, here on ESPN Radio. I mentioned Christmas around the corner. We are hearing rumors that we may have had an issue with a family member, meaning like uh, Big Red, Clifford. How are we doing? How's the bank account, Coach? Yeah, it's hurting. It's what it is. So 12, 12 days to Christmas, and my truck lasted 12 years. My beloved Clifford, the big red truck, and uh, Clifford started making a weird noise a couple weeks ago, and it wasn't worth fixing. So I traded Clifford in today. It's just a sad day. But, but yeah, I've, I made a down payment on a new truck today, um, and I also bought Christmas presents today, and I also received an invoice from my agent for some uh, commission. So uh, this, this, <laughs> oh, if anybody – <laughs> alms for the poor right <laughs> oh my yeah. god i was joking but damn that hurt man so nah, you dude, lost your truck oh, oh, yeah and oh by the way got a daughter who's a freshman in college and got the invoice for spring semester like emailed yesterday so yeah it's um so yeah i'm gonna i know woe is me right y'all i get paid to talk about football but i'm just saying um you know santa if you're listening i could use uh i don't know some some cash <laughs> in the stocking, right? Or maybe just yeah. in a big box. Forget the stocking, right? Remember yeah. stocking stuff. We need a little bit more than that, especially for 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 Big Red Clifford. Rest in peace, yeah. man. This sounds like you should call your buddy Luke Combs. This is a making of a country song, is what it sounds like, right? Yeah, now. Yeah, and I, I, I actually, my my wife has accused me of having feelings for that truck that were borderline inappropriate. And uh, and I I, t- I took more pictures of that truck than I did of my family over the last twelve years. I, d- I actually I tell you a story about that truck. So not only has it been featured on Marty McGee, and I've driven it to Daytona five hundreds and national championship games, and you know, a couple Myrtle Beach bowls, whatever. The uh, I I did the night that Virginia was upset by UMBC in the NCAA tournament here in Charlotte, where I live. Uh, I ended up having to do live shots from the parking lot next to the arena. And the only good spot I could get, I doing it with a, with a cell phone, was standing in the bed of Clifford the Big Red Truck. So Clifford was also a uh, was a television studio if we needed it. So R.I.P. Clifford. Man, it, it hurts. I mean, I, I remember my old 2002 hail damaged Tahoe named Pepe. I mean, just a, just That's a it. warrior, just a warrior, That's it. right? That's yeah. It. And, I, I and I don't know, I don't know if other people stand in the parking lot of the car dealership and take selfies with their trucks, but I do. Um, hey, look, again, twins, man. I, I get mistaken for you on every single college campus I go to, every time. So it's to the point now, is this wrong, by the way? Before we get to the reason, Ryan McGee is here because yeah. he came out with a season-ending bottom 10 uh, football moments, a bottom 10 year in review. We'll touch on that coming up in just a moment because some of these, I, I really personally want to thank you for reminding us of so many phenomenally yeah. horrific moments that we had in this year. But is it wrong of me to go ahead and now – I started last year, and I think I was with you in an LSU game when it happened. Like, you were like 10 yards from me on the field, and the guy's going, hey, man, I love you and Marty. And it's to the point now where I just go ahead and take the picture. Is yeah, that wrong? Well, no, 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 no. I, so I, there was a race car driver – uh, when I first started covering NASCAR back in the late nineties, it was a great race car driver and a great dude, Johnny Benson Jr. And Johnny and I looked exactly alike, same haircut, same glasses. As we've gotten older, we don't, but back in the day, I mean, dead ringer to the point that I remember we were, I was at a, a go-kart track with Johnny 
And this kid walked up and asked, hey, Johnny, can I get your autograph? This guy was like rookie of the year in the Cup Series. And he was asking me for the autograph right next to Johnny. And so I was like, hey, is that your mom over there? He's like, yeah, what's her name, Janine? And I signed it, you know, to Timmy. Your mom, Janine, sure is hot, Johnny Benson. And, and Johnny, like, grabbed the thing away from me. And, yeah, but, no, it's, it's like a running joke to this day. But, it's, uh, but yeah, I'll, t- I'll take it. I mean, you know, there's worse people to be, uh, to be mistaken for than, than you. No, look, I mean, and well, it's more me being, you know, you meet, yeah, it's the other way around, basically. But I, I, at, at first, I did feel guilty, and then I'm like, you know what, this guy doesn't know the difference, so let's just go yeah. until one At least of his we buddies. Like each other. Don't correct him. Uh, yeah, 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 no, okay. yeah, you can't correct him. Yeah, if you were, if I didn't like you, we weren't good friends. Then I would be like, no, 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 that's yeah, not, you'd be I'm flipping not him. people off. Yeah, you'd be flipping <laughs> people off and giving them the bird and be like, man, Ryan McGee just flipped me off down there at the Texas Tech game. What the hell's going that's exactly on? Exactly what I would be doing. That's you know it. me too well. All right, let's get into it, man. Bottom ten, by the way, is on the front page, dead center of ESPN.com. Wow, so many horrific moments that I had forgotten. I personally want to thank you for reminding me of the James Franklin head coach at Penn State presser when he's asked a question, do you every now and then just want to need to go deep? And he lost his bleeping mind. So let's go through it. How in the hell did you come up with the your just these 10? Uh, let's just start from, from scratch. What, I mean, how much did you have to go through to figure out, all right, these are the finalists, these are the categories, and this is what it's going to come up with, the bottom 10 as far as the worst moments in the year in review? Well, I said my wife will tell you that I have an inappropriate relationship with my truck. I also have an inappropriate relationship with the bottom ten. Like I take it way too seriously. Like it, like I take notes like during the year, and and I will if something happens, I'll jot it down. Like uh oh, I mean I need to remember that because that was that was crazy. I mean you know just little things that you see, and the James Franklin thing absolutely went into the notebook because, listen, it wasn't the greatest question. The way it was but phrased, I, yeah. But, but, but I got what the question was, which is sometimes you just try to simplify and wing it. And the reality is, is that, I mean, you know, and I, I mean, we all remember Mike Leach this week because we lost him a year ago, but, but the reality is that that was a lot of what Mike Leach did, drawing up plays in the dirt, right? And yeah. so that's what the question was because Penn State has struggled all year with those those coveted explosive plays. And, and James Franklin – I mean, went crazy. Like, like said, like wanted it stricken from the record of the universe. Like said, I hope that there's a way to erase this so that it doesn't get out into the universe. He used the word no in like a three minute answer. He used it like fourteen times. So yeah, so that was that. Was, but I, you know, but I understand the frustration. I get it. But I also understood what the question was. It just wasn't maybe the way that it should have been asked. I also completely forgot about uh, the Oklahoma Sooners reenacting that scene from the. Tremendous, oh, awful yeah. movie. Oh, yes, yeah. the replacements. Yeah. For people who may have missed it, describe what Brent Venables, head coach of the Sooners, went through coming down the tunnel. So you're trying to finish strong, right? And they got their Big 12 finale all time. Big 12 finale against TCU at home, and they set up the thing, and everybody likes to do the smoke, right? I mean, I was down at South Carolina a few weeks ago, and they do 2001 in the smoke, and it's awesome. And Miami kind of originated the smoke. The problem with the smoke is if you're not used to it, then you, if the first guy falls and you can't see him, you know, it's like being on the interstate in the fog. First truck wrecks, we're all going to hit him because we can't see him. And that's exactly what happened. And the poor guy, and so you see, the, you see the head of the guy as he starts to fall down. And it, 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 there's a Twitter link, uh, you know, in the piece that, that, that Devin Statton posted. And you see the first helmet go down, and the first guy almost trips and then turns and looks. And is like, well, do I tell everybody or do I just keep going? And he just keeps going. And everybody just kept falling 
They they could not get it, it's the uh what, what's the old Nick Saban thing? It's the the duck poo through the French horn or whatever it is. Right, I can't remember what right. it is. But that's that's what it is. And, and they but the good news is they won the game. The bad news is um, you know, in a lot of ways, that entrance was indicative to some of the actual football moments of the Sooner season. Yeah, and you know what? But Venables owned it at the end. Of, at, after oh, the yeah. game, he was like, "Hey, man, now I know what it's like to be trampled by a herd of cattle." Right? That's it. I mean, no, it was, that's it. That's it. And, and they kept going like that. Like nobody. Like like I give, oh, yeah. I give this. I can't decide if it's good or bad. The Sooners were not going to stop, and so they kept going. And uh, yeah, there was um, there were a lot of. So my dad's last game as a football official was when Tim Tebow won the national championship over Oklahoma uh, in the BCS championship game. And there was a play in that game where Tebow ran over the umpire. And to this day, I'm pretty sure the umpire has, like, cleat marks on his back, like a scar, and wears it with pride. None of the Sooners are going to wear their, uh, their, their cleat marks on their backs with pride. Unbelievable. Ryan McGee, uh, the great Ryan McGee, joining us here uh, with the college football bottom 10 year in review as bowl season begins coming up this weekend. I'll be in New Orleans for the New Orleans Bowl with Mark Kestersher and Kelly Stauffer right here on ESPN Radio. All right, Rhino, I didn't see this one. You have a tie here for the bottom 10 stunt of the year. I saw the Iowa cheerleader who had his pants dropped down in front of of America, but I missed the Syracuse backflip. Please describe this. Well, yeah. How about dude uh, pantsing himself, by the way, and, yeah. and doing it and doing it in front of you know presumably. I mean, he did it in front of the student section and in front of his you know uh, co-ed teammates, right? Yeah. That's never. But I but you think. know, everybody everybody says whatever. Right? But but yeah. So we had it was it was a bizarre. I actually saw this happen. It, it was on the ACC network, and Syracuse was playing Pitt. This isn't the game that either one of those programs wanted it to be. And and Garrett Schrader, the quarterback for Syracuse, as he has done a lot this year, he's run the ball, he's caught the ball, he split out wide, and the whole deal was the play was on the other side of the field. It was like a, you know a halfback pass and all this, and and Schrader, who who by the way just come back from an injury, did a backflip, and the idea I guess it was at Yankee Stadium. The idea was to distract away from the play that was happening on the other side of the field. But the the hilarious part is the 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 DB for Pitt never even saw it. Like, like, I've watched that thing a hundred times. He's looking upfield at the play. And, oh, by the way, it was an incomplete pass. So, so a failure all the way around. The good news is he did not injure himself. Uh, what was the – this doesn't surprise me. That the last part of your bottom ten college football year in review involves some vermin, a oh, critter. Go yeah. ahead. The floor is yours, Coach. Yeah, so we keep going back to the state of Texas, right? And, and it was Texas Tech and TCU. And, and if you've ever been to Lubbock – um, there are a lot of critters running around. In fact, my hotel room one time, I stayed in like a comfort inn or something, and, and in the middle of the night, I hear animal control out there trying to take down an armadillo, like right outside my window. And the armadillo was fighting with a skunk. I mean, you know, this. so welcome to Lubbock, right? But no, they, were, they had to drag a possum uh, off the field, and so they had him in like the animal control snare thing, right? Like the like the metal lasso. Oh, yeah. And and I don't know how familiar you all out there listening are with possums or opossums. As people mean as hell, them. man. They're mean as hell, and, and, and they just hiss. They hiss at nothing. And so they're dragging him off the field, and, man, he is dug in. And, and props to the animal control guy, who might just be just a stadium worker, uh, dragging that possum off because it's like, you know what, fight it all you want, dude. You're leaving. But that possum's famous. If you go to Texas Tech, that possum has T-shirts, uh, he has he has, he has like banners like you go to basketball games and they'll hold up big signs of the possum, and so yeah. But that's what I said was if you watch that possum being dragged off the field, that's how we will all feel uh, two weeks from now when college football is wrapping up and we don't want it to end. 
He, he composed the college football bottom 10 year in review from a Houston warehouse with Blue Bonnet Bowl merchandise yeah. all over his lap. The Rest Astro Blue Bonnet Bowl, son. Right there, you, man. You know it. Oh, yeah. Rest in peace, Big Clifford. Rest in peace, Blue Bonnet Bowl. Both of them. And, and by the way, are you ready for Christmas? Because it sounds like your bank account took a big hit today, Coach. I'm not. I, w- I thought I was, and now I can't afford to buy anything. So uh, I hope everybody likes McDonald's gift cards because that's what's rolling to you, McGee's. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Podna. We'll talk to you soon, Rhino. You're the man. Oh, you're the best man, Ryan McGee, right here on ESPN Radio. Coming up next, uh, Mike Tannenbaum and I disagree on what the Bears should do with Justin Fields. Find out why when you return right here on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Chances of your first round pick working out in the NFL, not great. Not a great hit rate. And yet every year we have the conversation, should you move on from the guy you have? For the next guy up, Amber and Ian's presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Quick update on Thursday night football. 21-zip. Las Vegas Raiders manhandling the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers have lost three first-half fumbles. Three (laughs) fumbles. There is still over nine minutes left in the second quarter in this game, Ian. I can't figure out which one was worse, but the last one from Darius Davis, punt returner, kick returner out of TCU, who runs, I mean, he hits like 23 miles per hour on the GPS, but he didn't get get to two miles per hour on that one. He he goes up the right boundary, stops, starts to run backwards into a Raiders player who was trailing the the, the play, and just basically just handed him the football. I mean. If you're Tom Telesco, the GM, you're going, what in the hell was that? This team right now looks like it's quit. I mean, they look like they have truly quit. They've, uh, you mentioned three first-half fumbles. Those are the ones that have been recovered by the Raiders. They've actually put it on the ground four times midway through. Not, we've got 9.32 to go in the second quarter, and they've put the, ground, the ball on the ground four times, lost three of them. That's unbelievable. So an unbelievably bad game so far for the Los Angeles Chargers is not even this quarterback starting for the very first time in his NFL career. That's the problem. It's everybody else right now. That's the problem (laughs) for the Chargers. We'll keep you updated on the ugliness. That is, in fact, Thursday night football. But let's get to this conversation 
that mainly surrounds right now the Chicago Bears because everybody, Ian, expects that the Bears are going to have the number one pick and then another first rounder of their own. But of course, they have that Panthers pick as we head into the NFL draft. So they're probably going to have the number one pick. They've also got a quarterback already named Justin Fields. And there are times that Justin Fields has showed a whole lot of promise. And when he comes back from injury, he comes back with a vengeance. And we've seen some of that talent, the reason that he's there to begin with, right, over the years. We've seen it time and time again. We've also seen some mistakes. We know he wasn't drafted by this current front office in charge there with Ryan Poles and the Chicago Bears. And so there's going to be a conversation when you have a first overall pick in hand, just like it was last year for them. What do they do with that thing? Are they going to replace him? The answer to that last year was no. They traded it away. However, this year, they're in the same exact position once again. When he's healthy, I think Justin Fields is a very, very, very good, if not you know, borderline opportunity to be great quarterback in the National Football League when he's healthy. That offensive line is horrendous. But they committed to Darnell Wright, uh, tackle out of Tennessee, which I think is going to be an absolute stalwart up there up front for him. So they've started to rebuild that offensive line. I'm a big fan of Justin Fields. And if, if I if this is me, if I'm the Bears, I'm trading away that number one overall for, for, the, for whomever wants to go and give me three ones, three twos, and a house for Caleb Williams. He will be the number one overall pick, in my opinion. Every NFL scout that I've talked to, and I had two USC games this year, I talked to four scouts, the same four, every single week getting ready for a game. And then you run into guys that you know on the field as well. And Amber, every single one of them, all independent of one another, are are doing comps with Andrew Luck, with Peyton Manning, with John Elway as far as athletic ability when it comes to, you know, guys like Luck, but a football intelligence, command of a huddle, with guys like Manning. I mean, that that is – I've never heard so many guys – doing comps for a quarterback with those kinds of names. So you can get whatever the almost damn whatever the hell you want for Caleb Williams. So I would stick with Justin Fields. Mike Tannenbaum, though, ESPN NFL front office insider, was here with us about an hour and a half ago. He completely disagrees with me. He'd go a different route. Here's Mike T. This one's really, really easy. The inverse is really what you have to look at, which is, is Justin Fields $20 million a year better than Caleb Williams? And what I mean by that, let's just say Justin Fields gets a B contract, like Daniel Jones, Kirk Cousins, somewhere 38 to $42 million a year. You know, the rookie deal, probably go up, but call it $20, 21000000 million a year for three years. Like, it's a no-brainer. You know, there's no better value in sports right now than a productive first-round quarterback on a rookie deal. So the fact that you could reset the clock to me is also a big part of the decision. So Justin Fields would have to be dramatically better than Caleb Williams, which I don't think anybody sitting here think that's the case. And that's why, to me, that's a pretty easy decision. Right, let me counter that, because I, I disagree. What about if you trade that number one and you get a Herschel Walker-type haul? You could completely redo your entire roster and put talent around Fields. <laughs> I'll take Caleb Williams, thank you. <laughs> he laughed I at me. I disagree vehemently with Mike T. What I'm not doing is giving it all up for Caleb Williams. Because as great as Caleb Williams is supposed to be, and you just said it, I understand how the scouts talk about this guy. We've heard this time and time and time again. And the reality is sobering when you pull the metrics for draftees. They do not work out more often than not. The chances of you hitting on the pick, even the ones that are so highly touted, aren't great. You've got a guy in hand in Justin Fields who you've seen play in the NFL, and at times you've seen some really elite talent from him in the NFL. It ain't perfect, 
But what happens if you build around him? What you haven't seen is Caleb Williams do any of it. And it's, you know, the whole, what, one in the hand, two in the bush type scenario here where the grass ain't always greener. Whatever cliche we want to throw out there, Ian, it feels like it very much applies to this situation. 37% of draftees are useless, right? They don't even often make the team that they're drafted to. Only 12% of all draftees end up being good. You've got less than 7% that are great. You've got less than 1% of all draftees that end up being legendary. And the statistics don't get much better when you just pull them for the top 10 picks or even the number one pick or even quarterbacks. You're only talking about a 50%, roughly 50% hit rate. Still, the metrics are in favor of Caleb Williams not working out, even if he feels like he can't miss. Look, they've won three of our last four, and they've got back-to-back wins with Justin Fields in there. I'm with you. I mean, Mike T knows a lot more than we do when it comes to uh, putting together an NFL team. He did it for, what, 25 years? But I I like Justin Fields. I'd get a haul for that number one overall and roll them bones. That's just me. The success rates for quarterbacks out of drafts, less than half of first-round quarterbacks manage a single 4,000-yard or 24-touchdown season. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, we look ahead to the college football playoff semis. In on Amber and Ian, Amber and Ian presented to you by Progressive Insurance. College football bowl season is upon us. It kicks off Saturday with a triple header. The Myrtle Beach Bowl, followed by the R&L Carrier yeah, New baby. Orleans Bowl. Ian Fitzsimmons will be there. Ooh. And the Starco <laughs> Brands LA Bowl. And don't forget, you can hear the college football semifinals and national championship game right here on ESPN Radio. Speaking of the college football semifinals, Ian had a chance to talk to Alabama All-American tackle and future first-round pick J.C. Latham. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Well, JC, you and I were talking during the break, and, and I'm, I'm with you. I'm a big believer in fate, and, and you are as well. So when I say fourth and 31, was that fate? Yeah, I mean, I just 
I think uh, me and my team um, think we're kind of destined for this and for the fact that we're on. So, I mean, I had nothing but um, absolute trust in my team that we were going to go out there and execute. You, you, you take down Auburn, and crazy things happen in Jordan-Hare. But without 4th and 31 and that, that fateful play, you don't play Georgia, you're not beating Georgia, and you're not in the college football playoff. When I say all of that, what does that mean to you? I just mean the world. Um, everything was determined off of a lot of different things. Um, I don't, I'm not really big on necessarily luck per se, but when it comes down to it, I mean, I think we did what we had to do, and uh, we were in a position to uh, finish off the game, and we did, and got the, another opportunity next week, and we uh, handled up next week, and now we're an opportunity uh, to be in the playoffs. So. Yeah, I, I think there's a difference between fate and luck. And we're, we're going kind of on a deep dive here, just kind of organically. But, I mean, to me, fate is something that is, I wouldn't say necessarily predetermined, but I, I'm a big believer in you make your own luck. Does that make sense to you? Do you agree or disagree with that? Yeah, I mean, we are, we're all the controllers of our own fortune. So um, we all put ourselves in that situation, and uh, we made the most out of it. So, yeah, I mean, just feel, feeling fated for something or destined for something, um, that was kind of that moment right there. No doubt about it. And J.C. Latham, Alabama's All-American tackle, joining us here on ESPN Radio, getting you ready for the college football playoff. I'll be in New Orleans for Texas, Washington, and uh, Herb Street, Fowler, Holly Rowe, and again, the crew will be out at the Rose Bowl where Bama takes on number one Michigan. And this team is completely different from when I saw you guys against Mississippi State. It was starting to click then. Uh, when did you feel that this team was turning a corner and really starting to hit its stride? Yeah, I mean, I guess I would say I felt it. Uh, that's a good question. When did I really feel? Because I've always had faith and trust in our team that we'll always get to a good So I guess, honestly, uh, when I really knew our team was going to click was honestly after the Texas loss. Because um, after that game, I mean, usually I'm I'm furious, I'm pissed off. I'm a, I'm a competitor, so I don't like losing. But um, in that game, after, of course, I was still mad. But, like, it was more of a... I still had security in our team knowing we were going to get the job done. And, like, just getting back on the bus and getting to the locker room, I wasn't the only one who felt that way. Like, you know, after the loss with LSU and Tennessee last year, um, I didn't have that same feeling that I kind of felt like our chances of accomplishing our goals were um, next to none. But after that loss against Texas, we all knew exactly where we were at. It was a test for the players and the coaches. And um, – we obviously we didn't win, so we didn't pass, but we knew what we needed to do to improve. So, I mean, just knowing that and knowing where we needed to go um, to reach that next step, I guess that's when I really knew that everything was going to start clicking in. I think all of us listening to that answer are going, wait, after the Texas loss? I mean, that, that that's that's absolutely outstanding. And what does that say about the kid, not just your character, but the character of this team? To even even in defeat, find a way to go ahead and and be and continue on a new path in this journey that has led you to an opportunity to win a national championship. Yeah, I mean we're resilient. Um, we're resilient. We're tough. Um, we're gonna fight for everything that we we deserve and fight for everything that we want. And um, back in the offseason, everybody said it. Um, oh yeah, we lost Will. We lost Bryce. Amongst a lot of other great players and key players, so everybody kind of wrote us off. And um, a lot of guys, especially uh, Jalen, kind of takes that personal feeling that um, he's not good enough to help the team win, um, hearing that since we lost Bryce. Um, so, yeah, he took that personal. And then we all took that personal, of course, hearing that we're not going to be as good of a team, whatever the case may be. So uh, we just, I mean, really just buckled down in the offseason and got to work. So, I mean, one thing that we can say 
about ourselves is we're going to fight for four quarters and um, we're resilient through it all. No doubt about that. Alabama All-American tackle J.C. Latham here with us on ESPN Radio, getting you ready for the college football playoff. Every snap, every tackle, every touchdown will be right here on your home for the college football playoff. And you mentioned Jalen Milrow. Take us into the huddle with him. And I, we've got to know him a little bit. Um, I, his smile is infectious. His laugh, it, it, you gravitate to it. And, man, he's just a fiery competitor. But take us into the huddle. What is he like? Uh, I mean, he's really just, just like any of us. I mean, he's really locked in on um, what we got to do. Um, once the game's still, he might he might say something. He might crack a joke on the sideline or whatever the case may be after the game's over with. But um, during the heat of the moment, he's locked in all the way and um, focused on, you know, just how to how to keep going and progressing and make sure we're all on the same page. So um, get to the sideline, regroup with our thoughts, and get the job done. Is he, uh, is he truly the fastest guy on that team? Yeah, definitely. I say – one, I mean, I don't really run because you know the uh, big skill run separate from the skill. So, yep. but um, just hearing about it, yeah, I think he's at least top three. Damn, one, man, so. he's a big dude. You can stack books on his calves. I mean, that's that's yeah, he's a he's a, he's a pretty big guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's running that fast too. J.C. Latham, All American tackle yeah. from Alabama, joining us here on ESPN Radio. And you also committed to adding good weight in the off season. You were already yeah. strong as an ox and massive, but. What made you go in the offseason and commit to even adding more weight to the point now, what, you're 6'6", six, six, I'm going to guess around 360? My belly's bigger than yours, yeah. dude. You made me sick. You really do. I mean, my gosh. So yeah. what, what made you commit um, to that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, sometimes I just felt like I wasn't strong enough, but like I could always get stronger. And, um, yeah, I mean, one thing that Coach Wolf teaches us, our, our position coach, is just to displace guys and move them. And um, it's always, like, good. I mean, you know, a lot of guys are out there who are, you know, maybe 320, 330, maybe 340, and they're doing pretty good. But um, just knowing if I can reach that 360 mark and just control it and um, be able to maintain and always improve, I know that that'll be something that's kind of um, exclusive and um, next to none almost. And just being able to have that and really moving guys, that, that alone just, I mean, I haven't really came across a guy my, I mean, actually, the only guy who actually is kind of like me is our left tackle, Caden Proctor. He's a six seven, three sixty as well. But outside of him, I haven't met anybody else with our size, athletic ability, and um, weight and height. So I mean, just having that combination of things, knowing that you line up and whatever play you want to run, I'm going to move the guy in front of me and give you the best chance of success. Right, I know we're running out of time. Quick, quick, just two more for you, and we'll turn you loose, man. What is that like to go ahead and move? Another mountain of a man against his will, wherever the hell you want to move him. Yeah, that's a, that's an amazing feeling. It's just like all the rage that I got pimped up, all the anger, and um, just everything that I feel, the malice in my heart that I feel when I step on that field, just being able to just displace somebody else. That's that's a feeling next to none. I mean, that's true, true like dominance right there. I mean, you can't. It doesn't get simpler than that. It's me against you, mano y mano. And we line up and we just hit and we just go. And being able to move him off his spot, I mean, he got his territory, I got mine, and I'm coming to take over yours. And being able to do that, just, there's no there's no other feeling like that, especially as a true competitor. Yeah, I just got chills. All right, uh, quick thought, man. Let's get into Michigan. They got maybe 18 to 20 guys that are going to be drafted. They're a talented team. It's these uh, two iconic helmets swapping paint again in a bowl game. And it's been a while. Uh, but this is as about as good as it gets. When you've still watched Michigan so far on tape, what has stood out to you? I mean, yeah, they're um, they're a tough defense, scrappy, um, good group of guys who are going to try to attack the ball. 
um, physical, and yeah, they fly around. So I mean, yeah, they definitely have a um, great defense and the team to match the position that they're in right now. If I took you to Archibald's Barbecue right now, we're on Martin Luther King at remarkable, just beautiful sanctuary of barbecue. How many slabs could you throw down right now? Right now, we just got a workout, so I don't know. I, I could eat all day right now. I mean, my stomach, yeah, I'm empty right now. Uh, so, yeah, that'll be, that'll be a pretty high deal if I still get some food right now. So, <laughs> Go get them, man. JC, yeah. it's always a privilege to catch up with you. Stay healthy. Best of luck against the Wolverines, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bama, Michigan, dude. Monday, gets real, Ian, January 1st, 5 p.m. Eastern. That is, of course, the Rose Bowl. Man, that dude is a massive human, and you heard his tone there. Like he, he's, he's a gentle giant, Amber, but when he puts that helmet on, he doesn't want to beat you. He wants to hurt you. I mean, it's it's and he is a, a specimen. When I say... Go Google, folks, J.C. Latham, Alabama, and you ain't going to see a belly on that dude. I mean, he's every bit of 6'6". He's every bit of 360. And that story I told about Mississippi State is true. Like, we, I mean, I text Jeff Saturday going, you need to watch this play. He caved in single-handedly the entire left side of the Mississippi State defensive front by himself. I, I can't wait to watch this game. We, we're after it. Uh, I've got Texas, Washington, and the Sugar and the other semi. But that game will be on the Jumbotron and the Superdome. And I can't wait to watch these two go at it because Michigan's got 20 guys that will be drafted. If, they all, if all the guys that we expect to declare will declare, they got 20 dudes going to be drafted in 2024. They're going to shatter Georgia's record of 15 set in 2022 against Bama's speed. I mean, sign me up. This is going to be – both of these matchups – I cannot wait to watch. It's going to be sensational. Well, that's why the committee didn't put Florida State uh, in here. Oh, and that's why we there. have Alabama, Michigan. Hey, okay, did you see? Can't wait to watch this. Did you see AG Moody in your state is is, is bringing an investigation yep. to college football playoff? And you now Georgia has politicians that are also trying to. I can't make this. I cannot make this up. I am not that creative. You now have a Georgia politician. I can't remember the dude's name or woman. I can't, and I don't care, right? Because all they're doing is, is grandstanding for votes and using sports to do it, especially the obsession of college football and college football fandom. That the Peach Bowl, or excuse me, the Orange Bowl between Georgia and Florida State should be included in the college football playoff. That is the dumbest damn thing I've ever heard in my it's not life. Not a terrible argument. <laughs> How would you do it logistically? Where would you where would you have the winner go to? You can't I mean, those are do the two it. Teams. Those are the two other teams that should have been in this thing. But right? you those can't, are the two you, teams. So two, if you had just expanded it to six on a way the college I mean, clearly you couldn't do that. But if the committee had been able to do that, that would have been funny. If the committee well, that's had come why out we're going like, to you 12. know what? <laughs> we can't that's that why is. we're that is why we are going to 12. It will all resolve itself shortly. Texas, Washington, by the way, you mentioned you will be there for the sugar. That is Monday, 8.45 p.m. Eastern. Both of those games you can hear right here on ESPN Radio. The Raiders, Ian, and Thursday Night Football have the most first half points in the history of the NFL. This comes after the Raiders were shut out last week. They are now up. 35 to 0 
on the Los Angeles Chargers. I might yeah. not have written that very well. The Raiders no. have the most yeah. first-half points in history after being shut after out. Being shut after out being shut out in the out. I was going to say, how is 35 yeah, the most points? I was thinking that as I was reading it. Like, that does not sound right. After being shut out the previous week. Got it. That makes sense. The most first-half points after being shut out the previous week makes a lot more sense at 35 points. Either way, it's very impressive what is happening right now chicken, with the Raiders. Chicken. Very unimpressive what Oof. is happening right now with the Los Angeles Chargers are showing Brandon Staley right now. He is very stressed out looking. I would be as well because I doubt he will be having a job uh, after this. Maybe this will be the nail that uh, puts it in the coffin. Coming up next, though, Ian is going to tell us about his great Christmas tradition. Involves sports. You're going to want to steal this one, I promise you. Coming up when you return here on ESPN Radio. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. An absolute shellacking. On Thursday Night Football. Normally, we don't look so forward to these matchups that we get sometimes on Thursday nights, Ian, because they're not always the most exciting teams. Five and eight teams, not the most exciting teams in the world. That's what we've got tonight. A couple and five and eights going at it. However, only one of those teams actually showed up to play tonight, and it was the one that plays there in Las Vegas. That team from Los Angeles only about a four-hour drive away, they must have gotten lost on the highway because they did not make it. They are nowhere to be found, these Los Angeles Chargers. What's that city? I, I just made that drive not long ago. We had USC, uh, a USC game, um, USC-Washington, and then we drove after the game to Vegas, and there's a, it, it begins with a B. It's right there on the like, California-Nevada border. And I have it, done that drive numerous times, but I could not tell you. There's an in and out on the right side of the interstate. Yeah, we, our I know entire, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, our entire crew got off, got in and out. You yeah. know, overrated burger, by the way. Completely overrated. I don't know why everyone just craves it, but anyway. Bob, you and I agree on that front. Oh, my God. God bless you, young lady. Overrated fries. Oh, the fries are weird taste to yeah. it, but anyway. 
Um, it feels like the Chargers stopped and have not left that in and out yet. They just went in and didn't go out because this this has been just a bludgeoning thirty five nothing. They have four fumbles in the first what sixteen seventeen. It was like two minutes into the second quarter yeah. when they had their fourth fumble. Three of them have been recovered by the Raiders. The Raiders now have the ball again. I mean, my God, man! And they're on the Chargers twenty. This yeah. this thing is yeah. If you it's have the crazy. under, it's uh, it's a score gun. Yeah, yeah, this it, is wild. They're marching right now, and yeah, that's a touchdown, uh, we Raiders. Uh, well, and there we wait go. Wait a few seconds before you say that, and uh, and now, and the Raiders scored. Ain't <laughs> no Connell. Uh, before that latest touchdown was thirteen to twenty-two, hundred and seventy-eight yards, three touchdowns. He just threw another touchdown pass. That's about to be four touchdown passes, zero interceptions so far on the day for O'Connell. Easton Stick is who's playing quarterback for the Chargers. Justin Herbert out the rest of the season. Easton Stick, 9 of 14, 75 yards. Amber, I hate to say this about any team because it's the worst thing you can say. Chargers have quit. Yeah. Isn't that – who did we have on earlier this week that said, like, don't, don't, like, count out Brandon Staley yet because they're still – like, if they show fight tonight without Justin Herbert (laughs) – Oh, it was Albert Breer. Yeah. Wasn't it Burt? Right, it yeah. Burt? And he said if, if if they show fight, then there's still hope and, and for and Brandon Staley. And, and if they don't, this isn't, right, that, was, that was his point. Well, there's no I fight. Mean, they, yeah, they obviously decided Justin Herbert's done, our season's done. Like, that's yeah. very obviously what has happened here. I don't know why this defense decided that to this extent, though, because this is embarrassing. The defense of the Chargers is just allowing themselves to get embarrassed by a team that was shut out last week. It's not like we're talking about them playing Great some insanely point. highly touted offense here. It's the Raiders. Like, they're, you know, right, it's before, the Raiders. <laughs> before we get to a, a Christmas tradition that I highly recommend to every family, the to your point, Amber, the Raiders are 8 of 10 on third down. They have six touchdowns all on offense in the first half. Their average gain per play is 7.3 yards per play. Total net yards, again, with not even to the half yet. we got 30 seconds to go. 283 yards, six touchdowns, eight of ten on third down to a team that was shut out in their own building five days ago. It's ridiculous. There's no excuse for what's happening here for Los Angeles. If Brandon Staley survives after this, it will be just simply those owners are too cheap to make a change. All right. I mean, there will be no other explanation for it. All I'm rooting for now is an Easton stick anytime touchdown because we've got 25 bucks plus 475. And then we need a Quinton Johnston. We need two catches for the first round draft pick out of TCU. And then we're, we're, we're good to go. I just feel bad for him. And this shellacking isn't even his fault. Uh, He's getting his first NFL start, been in the league since 2019, but obviously sitting behind Herbert, so hasn't been starting. And this is his first start out of North Dakota State. Let's get to your Christmas tradition. We got a couple minutes here to get to it because it's a good one, Ian Fitzsimmons. It's not it's not the elf and it's not No. You know, it's not hot cocoa by the fire. It's something more creative. This is when we we were talking during uh, in our pre-show meeting, and it came up kind of organically in conversation. I don't even remember how. Oh, I remember because my daughter Rowan, I got a speeding ticket. Not a speeding ticket. She rolled a stop sign, so I got her a stop sign for Christmas, one of her Christmas presents, and it's going to be from the Dallas Police Department. Um, So, 
James fell out laughing as he is right now. Still our producer, James Steele and Ryan Matlock. That's hilarious. Oh, yeah. So then it got me. So when we were growing up, my mom went to Penn State, and my dad's a big Notre Dame guy. He's, He's a domer. So when we were kids, like, you know, five, six, seven years old, and, and to this day, we would get presents going, growing up from Joe Paterno. Like he, he, and I really believe when I was like five, six years old that Joe Paterno sent me a Penn State sweatshirt and that Lou Holtz sent me this, you know, Notre Dame football. I mean, I, I truly believed it. And then we would get gifts like my first 410 shotgun, right, was, you know, from Bacchus and Daisy, two of our yearlings. And I went out and hugged the horses because I believe that they actually gave me a Christmas gift. So it's not just Santa Claus bringing you gifts. You know, your parents can be creative also. And so I highly recommend it. If you're, if you're a sports family, it's a great tradition. To this day, like my, oldest, my youngest daughter, Marin, will get an LSU hoodie from Brian Kelly or Joe Burrow. You know, here's I mean, this get, to this day, and it's, it's fun. It's just a blast. That's fun, and that's, that's very, very cool. And I'm sure it's super magical if you're young. Where it gets dicey is when they then, like, decide to go try to sell it one day. <laughs> As a collector's item, because oh, no, you, you're worn it. I mean, no, no, it's not signed. It's just a normal shirt that you just wear. Yeah, no, right, it's but not, it would it's still not... hold some value if Tom Brady personally gave me this jersey. For kids, and it's kids Tom Brady's jersey. Yeah, they don't know that stuff. Come on. <laughs>